1: I welcome you once again to Excel Service. We've been doing a series of teaching for some time now, which I have broadly captioned, Attitude for Attitude," And I take my text from the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Philippians 2, verse 5 to 10. You must have the same attitude that Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself to God, in obedience to God, and died a criminal's death. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor, And gave him the name that is above every name. That is where our teaching is coming from. Jesus started with a certain attitude, a unique attitude. And then he ended up with the highest elevation anyone has ever known. God is set to elevate you as well. God is set to promote you as well. God's agenda and plan is to advance you. The Bible said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. So God's plans for you are good, but you need the right attitude to cooperate with God's divine plan and program so you can realize it and walk in the manifestation of the same. So we've been looking at attitudes from different angles, but presently we are looking at attitude towards God, attitude towards God. And our anchor text is Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 to 14. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. The preacher, Solomon, to be specific, said, that the conclusion of the matter is that man should fear God and keep his commandment. Our attitude towards God must be one of reverence and obedience one of honor and respect, one of obedience, one of reverence towards God. That was the challenge that Adam faced in the garden from the beginning. God gave him just everything he needed in order to live a meaningful life. And he gave him a simple instruction. All that Adam needed to do was to obey. So when you read the book of Romans, the Bible said, just as by the disobedience of one man, sin entered. The reason why we are where we are and men are subjected to all kinds of the things we go through, sickness, disease, failure, poverty, is because man first chose to disobey God. And that is what Solomon is drawing our attention to. He said, hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I don't know where you are watching me from. But I want you to hear me and hear me well. The whole duty of man is to obey God and to serve Him. That's our core responsibility as people. The conclusion of the matter is that fear God and keep His commandment. So we are talking about attitude towards God. And I established in the earlier teaching that your attitude towards God is important because it is a holy attitude that has both eternal and earthly consequences. Your attitude towards God has eternal consequences as well as earthly consequences. So you better develop a positive attitude towards God. And we looked at the examples of two rich guys. The rich fool in Luke chapter 12. And then the rich man who was eating sumptuously every day with Lazarus. These guys were rich and it's great to be rich. But when your wealth makes you develop a negative attitude towards God, then you are on the path of self-destruction. And that was what happened to uh, the rich fool. And then in the same story with Lazarus in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. Last week, I began exploring seven reasons why it's critical that every person develops a positive attitude towards God. Your attitude towards God must be the right one. You better have the right attitude towards God. A lot of people have a very negative attitude towards God. Because of this, they go through life and they experience all kinds of catastrophes. But in your case, I pray that it shall be different because as you are hearing me through this medium, you are making a conscious decision that your attitude towards God is going to be right. If hitherto it wasn't right, That's why God is coming to you out of his love, out of his mercy for you. He's bringing you this message just to tell you that he loves you and he needs you to line up by changing your attitude and adopting the right attitude he expects you to have towards him. Seven reasons why you must develop the right attitude towards God. These are fundamental. These are critical. The first one we said is that you must have the right attitude towards God because he made you. God made you. The psalmist said in Psalm 100, verse 1 to 3, he says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence with singing. Then verse 3, he says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Hear me and hear me so very loud and clear. God made you. You didn't make yourself. That's why you need to have a positive attitude towards him. You always want to remind yourself that you are a product. You are not the manufacturer. God made you. God made you in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26. God said, Let us make man in our image. So man is the creation of God. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah 45, verse 9, say, Woe unto him that strive with his maker. So last week I made a very critical point. I said, It is dangerous and suicidal to Exalt yourself or forget your maker. Many people get elevated, they get promoted, they begin to experience wealth. And all of a sudden, they forget where God has brought them. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, God tells them, He said, I'm bringing you into a good land, a land that flows with milk and honey. But one thing and one thing are required of you only. When you begin to prosper and experience success, Be careful you do not forget. And I pray that you will not be the kind of person who forgets. You can forget people and not much will happen. But when you decide that, you will deliberately forget God. Because God has made his relationship and his disposition towards us is such that we must not forget him. You cannot forget God. When you lie down and you sleep like a dead man and you wake up and you can breathe, in and out, that is God reminding you that he's the one who kept you alive. So you can't afford to forget him. The Bible says, let everything that has breath remember that God exists by praising him. So you have to understand this. It's critical that you don't forget the fact that you were made. Last week I told you that when Lucifer forgot that God made him, he lost his place. Nebuchadnezzar forgot that God made him. He became an animal. And none of you will become an animal in your life. Time, because he went down in history as the only person who became an animal. He transited, You know, <laughs> there are three states of matter: there is the solid state, the gaseous state, and the liquid state. But in Nebuchadnezzar's time, we saw him change from one state to another state and then back. He went from the state of being a human being to becoming an animal, total animal. His heart was made like that of a beast. And then he ate grass like an animal. If you read the book of Daniel, it's there. And then the Bible said later on, when his senses came to him, he was restored to his former state. And there are people who are going through life and their behavior, their attitude is almost like an animal because they have chosen to set God aside. It's risky to set God aside. You remember one man, by the name of Herod, he also chose to forget God and he ascribed greatness and glory to himself, forgetting that it is God who sets up kings and rulers. And so when he forgot, as for his case, I don't want to even remind you of it, but it was very, very bad. So we said that attitude towards God is critical because he made us. Number two, we said that attitude towards God is important. Why? Because it forms a basis for attitude towards everything else in life everything else in life. God is the center of it all. Everything revolves around him. Everything, everything, everything. Whether you are conscious or not conscious, everything revolves around God. He's the foundation for our lives. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 11 verse 3, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So it's important, I said, the foundation for all attitudes in life is attitude towards God. If your attitude towards God is right in all, probability your attitude towards everything else will be right. Today we just want to continue in that vein and I'm trusting that I can go further or possibly finish this so that I can walk you through attitudes that you must have towards God. Today we are focusing on the third reason. And some other ones to follow. But the third reason why it's important we develop the right attitude towards God, and I know you'll love this, is because He loves you dearly and deeply than you could ever imagine. Ha, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love that point so much. I love to talk about the love of God because that's what has made me who I am and that's has made you who you are. We are in a relationship with God. I can come your way through this medium as a preacher because I responded to the love of God. I used to be a chain smoker. I used to be on my way to hell, but the love of God reached out to me. And today, here I am presenting to you the good news of Christ. What, what a love, what a love, what a love, what? The love. And I want you to know that God loves you that much. He loves you dearly and deeply than you could ever imagine. Soak that in. He, he loves you. God loves you dearly and deeply than you could ever think or imagine. In fact, the apostle of love by the name of Apostle John. Every time he's described, he was so overwhelmed with the love of God, so much that when he's describing the love of God, he could not have the right adjectives. So he said, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. And you know what? This thing, sometimes when you read it and you generalize it, you look at it as God loving the world, you, you will lose the import of the statement. You have to zero it in and put your name there. For God so loved Afuaqa that he gave his only begotten son for Afakwa. If a will believe in him, he will not perish but have everlasting life. I don't know your name, that's why I'm using my name. You can put your name right there. God so loved Linda, God so loved James, God so loved Harriet, God so loved Emmanuel that he gave his only begotten son for you. Can I tell you something? If you are the only person on the planet, Jesus would have still died for you. Why? Because God so loves you. That's why you can't have a negative attitude towards God. You have to have a positive attitude towards God because he loves you more than anybody else. And mind you, the love of God did not begin... Where you began, the love of God began before you even saw that God loved you. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, he says, Even before he made the world, God loved us. God loved us before he made the world. Before he made the world, God loves us. God loves us. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. There's a song like that. Oh, how he loves me. I pray that you will come to appreciate the love of God like this. If you can understand, if you can come to a place where you appreciate the weight, the width, the depth, and the height of God's love there is nothing you cannot conquer. There is nothing you cannot overcome. The Bible said, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him, that loves us. Oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa, whoa. I know times are hard. The economy is tough. But let me tell you something. God loves you so much that no matter how hard the economy gets, God is going to keep you alive. He's going to provide your needs. He's going to meet your every need in Christ Jesus by himself. And he is doing so not because of anything, but because he loves you too much. Maybe you can type in, uh, in the comment box, Jesus loves me too much, oh. That's a song somebody wrote, that God loves me too much, oh. You have to come to a place of revelation about the love of God and personalize it. Then you can have a positive attitude towards God. God that loves you from the beginning, before the foundations of a word. He loved you when you were deep in sin. That is what Romans chapter 5, verse 8 tells us. God showed us his great love by sending Christ to die for us while we were deep in sin. That's why I cannot stand a believer who feels that because now he's saved and maybe he went wrong or he did something, God is no longer in love with him. Listen, God loved you before you responded to his love. You became a Christian. And having become a Christian, you have become the object of his love. He's obsessed with you. Can I tell you that? God is obsessed with you. Can you believe that? Believe that for a moment with me. John said, we have known and believed the love of God. You have to know it and believe it. Know it and believe it. God loves you so, so much. He loves you with a great love. Bible tells us he loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you with an unconditional love. He loves you with an incomprehensible love. What a 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 love. God loves you. So you need to have a positive attitude towards him. You can't be negative. You cannot be running away from God as if he's looking for you to slay you or kill you or beat you. No, 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 no. There's no picture like that. When the prodigal son left home, he felt that the father was no longer in love with him. But the father's arms were open are waiting for him to come. Can I tell a prodigal son hearing me right now? Maybe you fell into sin. You you were with God before and then you fell into sin and Satan brought condemnation and kept you in a ditch. He wants to destroy you. That's why he's making you doubt God's love for you. Never doubt God's love for you. He loved you before you responded to him and now that you have responded to him, he loves you so much more. And for those of us who are yet to respond to his love, I beseech you by the mercies of God. He loves you so much. Make a decision. Make a conscious decision to respond to his love today by inviting Christ. That's all you do. You respond to God's love by placing your faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will respond to his love by believing in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Wow. John said, Behold what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us, that we to be called the children of God. Ah, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love with him. He loves you, and so you must make a decision to be in love with him. That's why you need a positive attitude towards God. Your attitude towards God must be right because he made you. The attitude towards God must be right because... He loves you dearly because it forms the basis for all other attitudes in life. And then number three, your attitude towards God must be right because he loves you dearly and deeply more than you could ever imagine. Number four, your attitude towards God must be right because it's the foundation for good success. Good success, yes, 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 yes. I'm talking about good, good, good success. Good success can also be described as godly success. Last year, I spent about two months doing a teaching on good success. Why? Because good success is God's will for every one of His children. Good success. And I like the way the Bible qualifies it. Joshua 1.8, he says, This book of the law must not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God wants you to have good success. And that reference simply tells us there's a difference between good success, there, there exists bad success. You can be success, though it's supposed to be described as good. The Bible defines it. It distinguishes two kinds of, the Bible establishes two kinds of success. Good success, obviously if there's good success, there must be bad success. And if you go through scripture, there are distinguishing features between good success and bad success. God wants you to succeed and succeed rightly. Good success is real for you. And for you to experience good success, your attitude towards God must be right. Hear me. I'm not saying you cannot succeed. Even if your attitude towards God is negative or wrong. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you must experience good success, then you must have the right attitude towards God. Good success is the success obtained by engaging biblical principles and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's good success. Good success is comprehensive success. Abraham was old, well-stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed him in all things. Good success covers spirit, soul, and body. Solomon says something in Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 1 to 2. He said, there is another serious tragedy I have seen under the sun, and it weighs heavily on humanity. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God gives some people great wealth and honor and everything they could ever want, but then he doesn't give them the chance to enjoy these things. They die and someone else, even a stranger ends up enjoying their wealth. This is meaningless, a sickening tragedy. This is not a picture of good success. Good success is the one we attain by engaging biblical principles. Good success is also progressive. Whatsoever the Lord doeth shall be forever. Your success shall be forever. Good success is rooted in the blessing of the Lord. And this you cannot attain without the right attitude towards God. Good success is enduring success. The Bible said, wealth gotten by vanity shall diminish. So good success endures. The Bible says, "Durable riches are with me. Durable riches are with me." So God gives durable riches. The blessing of Allah make rich and Allah no. sorrow good success brings fulfillment. This is what we are talking about. And listen, if you must experience good success, it begins with reverence for God. Yes, you heard me. Good success begins with what? Reverence for God. In the book of Proverbs 9 verse 10. He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Are you surprised that the Bible says in Psalm 14 verse 1, the fool had said in his heart, there is no God. Because when you are a foolish person, you don't fear God. The fool does not fear God. He doesn't regard God. And the Bible said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when you don't have the fear of the Lord, you have not started in the school of wisdom. The kindergarten of wisdom or the cradle of wisdom is the fear of God. So when you have not embraced the fear of God, you are walking in total foolishness. I pray that that is not how you are walking. In the book of Psalm 111 verse 10, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it will have good understanding. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Good success can never be experienced without a positive attitude towards God. It can never You can pray it, you can desire you can think it, you can do all you want to do. You can never attain it, not once. If you look at the rich fool, he was successful, but he didn't experience good success. He was bragging. When God came in, he had no answer. The difference between good success and bad success is God. (laughs) That's it. There's no other difference. That's God. It is a God factor that makes good success distinct from bad success. So it's important, your attitude towards God has to be right because it forms a foundation for good success. Number five, and I think I'm going to end here because time is so much against me. It will determine your prosperity, longevity, and fulfillment here on earth. Yes, your attitude towards God will determine your prosperity, your longevity, and fulfillment here on earth. Fulfillment and enjoyment in life is a priceless gift from God. Yes, that's what it is. It's a priceless gift. The ability to enjoy your life. Have a marriage and enjoy it. Have family and enjoy them. Buy food and enjoy it. Build a house and enjoy it. All of it. Build a business and enjoy it. All of it. The Bible says it's a gift. Accumulating things is in itself a gift. But... Sometimes, because we work hard to get the things we get, we forget that it is a gift. But the Bible said the ability to enjoy it. Because the truth of the matter is that many people who are successful on the outside are unfulfilled on the inside. There are many prosperous people. In whose life there is no meaning in whose life there is no joy in whose life there is no sense of fulfillment. Why? Because fulfillment and meaning in life is a gift from God. Look at Ecclesiastes 5, verse 19 with me, the New Living Translation. It's a good thing to receive word from God and the good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this indeed is a gift from God. May you experience this gift. May you walk in the reality of this gift. Who is God going to give such a gift, the gift of enjoying your life? Two, those who fear him, those who have a positive attitude towards him. It is only God alone who can give you everything you need to enjoy. And I mean it, only God alone. Only God alone. You can build a house. But building that, the building by itself will not bring you. You need peace to enjoy the home. You need joy to enjoy the home. So your house may be the most beautiful house, the most expensive house in, in, in the most uh, prime areas of your city or wherever you are. But listen, if you're going to enjoy it, God must be there. It is he who gives us everything we need to enjoy. Look at what the Bible says in 1 uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, the Leonine translation. He said, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, huh. not to be proud, nor trust in their wealth, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Oh. May God give you everything you need to enjoy your life. Think about it, your ability to enjoy your life. It's God who gives you everything you need in order to enjoy your life. You can have a lot of money, but if you have a nagging wife, a wife who will not give you peace, there's no way you can enjoy your life. If you are plagued with some demonic disease, there's no way you can enjoy your life. The Bible said it is God who gives us everything. That's why he says, put your trust in him. You are rich, but put your trust in God, not in money. It's so unreliable. A lot of poor people think that the more money they have, the more happier they will be. That's a myth. That's a myth. The Bible said a man's happiness does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Hear me true fulfillment is never in things. Yes, true fulfillment is never in things. True fulfillment can only be found in a rich relationship with God. That's where true fulfillment can be found. If you want to experience true fulfillment, true meaning, true happiness in life, there's only one place and one place only. It can only be found in God, in Him alone, in Him. True fulfillment is not is never found in things. Look at what the Bible says in 1 John 5 12. True fulfillment in life is not in things. He said, He who has the Son has a life. Oh, do you have life this morning? Maybe you are watching me for the very first time. I'm asking you humbly: Do you have a life this morning? Do you have life? And, and don't get it twisted. I know you have natural life. That's why you have eyes you can see and hear what I'm teaching. But do you have eternal life? Do you have the God kind of life? Do you have the kind of life that is superior over sickness and disease? Do you have the kind of life that is eternal? That's the kind of life I'm asking you. Do you have it? The Bible said the only place you can get that kind of life, that life that brings joy, that life that brings meaning, that life that brings fulfillment, he that has the son has a life. This morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to make a quality decision with him because that's where it starts from. That's, that's, that's the attitude I'm talking about, an attitude that responds to God, an attitude that responds to the love of God. If you don't have the son, no matter what it is you have, you may have a house, you may have a car, you may have a wife, you may have children, but the Bible says you don't have life. You don't. You don't. And this morning, probably, you, you just chance on us. And then you want to be part. You want to really experience the life, the rich life in Christ, the peaceful life in Christ, the joyous life in Christ, life without boundaries, the limitless life in Christ. The Bible said, the thief comes only except to steal, to kill and destroy. I came that you might have, the amplifier says, John 10, 10. I came that you might have and enjoy life life to the full, life in abundance until it overflows. May you experience that kind of life. Maybe this morning you want to make a quality decision for the Lord. All you need to do to experience that life is to believe. Call on Christ, accept him as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says if you confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart, We are saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, we believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Are you ready to make that commitment now? Why don't you pray with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you today for the privilege of hearing about your love. Today, I respond to your love. I embrace your love. I confess Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart. And by my confession, I believe that I'm saved. I'll be eternal life now. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are on the path to enjoying your life and becoming all that God will have you become. What a wonderful time. I trust that you were blessed as myself. I was really blessed teaching myself, and I trust that you've been blessed.
0: Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service